Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of leading conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito, and today I am so privileged to tell you that we have an amazing guest, Lisa Nichols, who is a woman who I have adored and looked up to and admired for so long. And the story of her life is one that many people are familiar with, but it's always worth hearing again. We're lucky to have Lisa here for the first time, and she is a corporate CEO, and her global platform, Motivating the Masses, has reached more than 30 million people in the years that she has worked with it. Her story is one of courage and determination. We're going to hear a bit about that. Her newest book is Abundance Now, Amplify Your Life and Achieve Prosperity Today. Lisa Nichols, welcome to Leading Conversations. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited for being here. Thank you for having me. Well, we are, as I said, privileged to have you here, Lisa. Uh, you know, you are, you are someone who gives so much of herself. Mm-hmm. And many people um, are so grateful to you. And I'm one of those persons. I have, I have, I have watched you and listened to you and been privy to, um, you know, being in front of you, and that itself is quite an amazing experience. Um, and and I've had the opportunity to um, experience the many levels of Lisa, which I think is also a gift because so often people in this business who are there to motivate others rarely share some of those moments that aren't so exciting. And so I I really appreciate that about you. We can't wait to hear about that. Where are you today, Lisa? Well, this is one of those rare occasions, I guess you could say, that I'm actually in my offices in Carlsbad, California. (laughs) So um, we we are... are, um, we do training, so we're like a virtual campus. Um, let's say you have the School of Entrepreneurship and the School of Personal Development all on our campus called Motivating the Masses, Inc. And so we're uh, launching, about to launch some personal development training and entrepreneurial development training. So I'm in the offices uh, really wearing my CEO hat. Uh-huh. So do you find that uh, since you do have a multifaceted life, you find that yes. you have to tell yourself, oh, today I'm a CEO, or today I'm standing on stage and I'm being a coach, or today I'm being a mom. <laughs> do you yep. have to do yep. that? Yep, yep, yep. Not only uh, the mom thing is kind of DNA level at this point. He's 22, you know, so um, <laughs> that that's natural default. You know, he's in my proximity when I'm hundreds of thousands of miles away from him. I'm still feeling mom, but I really do have to tell myself, when I'm in CEO mode and when I'm in what I call technical skill set mode because CEO mode is far more linear, far more structured, far more systemic. And when I'm in technical skill set mode and I'm in delivery mode, I'm creator, I'm intuitive, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really high kinesthetic, high touch. And so I have to 
really turn that part of me up. And so, yeah, I intentionally and, and, and methodically change hats. Mm. Well, let's talk a bit about that because I, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of people in the business of coaching or transformation or leadership development or, you know, deliver, delivering seminar work, it's what they love and what they're really good at is the work. What tends to fall away is creating the business. And Absolutely. You know, I'm, really, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if, um, you know, you have been, you've had your business for quite a long time, and yet because of where you started, you likely didn't come out of the chute just being a, a <laughs> business person, right? Because you were so motivated to help others. What got you motivated to help others? Well, you know, I, I like to call myself, I refer to myself as the wounded healer. Um, and I say that from a place of where I've come from. And that is, uh, I was in such a place of, I was in such a place of hurt and uh, breakdown that I needed to rescue myself. And when I learned how to rescue myself, uh, I happened to take notes. You know, I took notes. I, I felt like I'm not only not going to be here forever, I'm going to be somewhere, possibly, hopefully, prayerfully, really great. And I want to make sure that I leave breadcrumbs. I want to make sure that I take note of what I personally had to do. And, um, and so... Uh, no, I came from a place where I questioned my value. I questioned my worth. Um, I was good at speaking and inspiring. I mean, I was, I was commissioner of spirit at my high school in 12th grade. I was, you know, I was head of the, you know, student council. I was captain of the track team. I was always inspiring and leading. I didn't necessarily know how to do it as, as a CEO. And so I had to literally go to business development training after training after training. To be exact, I went to 42 different trainings learning how to be a businesswoman. Wow. Well, and so why 42? <laughs> I've been asked that before, and there, there's no 42 is no special number. It, I think I probably got it right around course number 31, but I, I just to make sure I stayed an extra 11, you know, and, and, and it was no easy feat. I mean, each training was eight days. Each training cost me about $3,500 to attend, attend. but I, I tell people I'm not a fast learner. I'm a thorough learner. Uh, my highest grade in school in 12 years, my highest grade was a C plus. So I've always been a thorough learner more than I was a fast learner. So where many people can probably get the same level of content and understanding that I got in 12 to 15 classes, it took me probably 30, and then I added an extra 11 yeah. just to make sure. Well, you know, that, that in itself uh, really speaks to your level of determination. And, you know, I'm wondering, given that you, you did as you say, reach a place where you had a you know breakdown of life as you wanted it to be. Um, what made you decide that you 
could rescue yourself. I mean, was this, is it innate in you just to say, I'm never going to say no, I'm never going to cave? Is this something that you were taught as a kid? Yeah, actually, um, my grandmother, my grandmother taught it. Um, my father taught it. Um, determination and perseverance runs through my veins. So it's, mm. it's in my blood. However, um, it wasn't enough to make me aware that I can overcome my breakdowns. You know, um, that required that required people around me to remind me. And mm. I just got to a point where I realized I had a choice. I had a decision. You know, everyone wants to know the turning point in my life. Well, there wasn't one turning point as much as there was a moment of decision. There was a moment of decision. And, and when I made that decision, you know, that was that, you know, and you know about the story. That was when my son didn't have pampers and I wrapped him in a towel for two days. And I remember in that moment, I just said, I'm done. I didn't do anything different, Cheryl. I didn't do anything different. I didn't look different. I didn't act different. I just had made a different decision. I didn't know what it meant once I made the decision. I still need to even figure out what does this mean. But I, but I always say before you change your life, before you make any critical actions, you first have to make a decision. Mm. I made the decision in 94. I made the decision that I was willing to, I was willing to give up every behavior that I, was holding me where I was. I was willing to divorce every thought that limited me. I was willing to step away from any person or thing that was going to keep me where I was. I became what I call bankrupt in my experience. I was done. I was willing to press reset. Mm. You know, that is, that takes a lot of fortitude. And um, I know that sometimes when people make decisions like that and they start changing behaviors or choosing where they, they focus their time, then there are often, let's say, energies around them or forces around them that push back a lot and try to trip you up and try to make sure that you know this is not going to work. You know this. What is wrong with you? Did you have that experience? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we all do. I think when you operate in a place of ambiguity and cloudy vision, then those forces and those questions and, and anything that's not in alignment with your vision, it has fertile soil to grow, right? Mm. Confusion. Confusion only has fertile soil to grow when there is no certainty. Hmm. And, the, and the certainty doesn't have to be on the how. The certainty simply has to live in the what. So I didn't know how I was going to get there, but I knew that abundance was my birthright. I knew that abundance was available for me. I knew that abundance was, was available. I knew that there, it was out there with my name on it. I, didn't, I wasn't wondering about that. I was certain. How I was going to get abundance in me in the same zip code, <laughs> that may have been a question. That, 
the, how we were going to get in the, on the same block in the same house, that may have been the journey that I need to figure out. But I always say you can, you need, you can have 100% certainty on the, on the what, and you can have 0% clarity on the how. You just need to hold on to the what for a moment. That is amazing. So, because the what, you know, the what will become your barometer. It will show you the way to turn, the way to stand. When you don't know the what, you don't know what should I be doing, who should I be, how should I, what makes me happy, what, what, you know, what do I want my life to stand for. When you do that, you're going to blow in the wind. See, I didn't blow in the wind on the who I was born to be. Though I had zero evidence. The what still was not questionable. And then the how began to show itself because I was certain on the what. So it's almost like when you say, I know I love blue. You're going to begin to see everything that's in alignment with you loving blue. You'll see all the blues. You'll see more blue. Right? Exactly. Exactly. That's what I love that. So, so let's go back then to, you know, you as the entrepreneur and making the decision. You decided life's going to be different. You weren't sure how that was going to be. What was your first indication of what that, that I could be That I could be someone, the person I saw I envisioned. And then what was my the first, first indication of the how? Um, it, it, the, the first indication, believe it or not, the first indication um, was the joy I got when I thought about the what. So it was, all, I call it the imaginary baby in your belly jump. And, mm-hmm. um, and I began to walk toward it. So today I have the pleasure of speaking to over 36 million people annually. But I got to tell you, in 1999, I was speaking in drug and, and, and alcohol diversion programs to groups that were medicated to the point where I don't even know if they knew what I what I, what I was saying. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I, and then I began to, uh, speak to women's battered shelters. Um, I began to speak to women's battered shelters, um, all over LA. And uh. my first indication was when a woman came up to me while I was at the ATM, ATM, and she said, you don't remember me, Miss Nichols. You don't remember me because every time you came to the women's battered shelter, my head was down. Hmm. I never looked up at you because I didn't have the courage or the esteem. She said, but you came every week and you spoke, and I just want you to know that it's a year and a half later, and my children and I are out of an abusive relationship. My husband is out of my life, and I'm living stable in my own apartment now because I held on to your words. Mm. Now, I, gotta, so, I have the pleasure. Of speak, yeah, I got to say, I have the pleasure of speaking all over the world to thousands. Just last week, I was speaking to about 4,500 people on a mega stage. Nothing still can surpass that mm-hmm. woman. At the ATM sure. in 1997. Oh, well, and that's, that's a gift because those of us in this field um, who, whether we're helping one person or we're helping you know, 36 million as you do, it's not often that you are able to see what's happening a year later, two years later, 
where you really know how life is transformed. And so when you do, it's so affirming, and yet I have a feeling that's not what you do it for. So we're going to break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito with our very special guest, Lisa Nichols, who is the author of Abundance Now, Amplify Your Life, and Achieve Prosperity Today. So, Lisa, last segment, we were talking about how you got to today, and one of the things you said was that early in your career, someone who you had helped speaking to a group after many, many years, many, many months, came to you and said, by the way, you helped me a lot. You probably don't remember me, but here is how my life has changed because of you. And, you know, you said that that meant so much. And I'm wondering, is that the reason you do the work, so that you can hear how people's lives have changed? Um, I, think, I think that it's hearing how something that I contributed to the planet has impacted and grown into and manifested in someone else's transformation. I, I truly believe that that's the water on the seed that grows within me, but the seed itself is not about adoration or acknowledgement. Acknowledgement just is the water. It feels good to get. It nurtures me, but the seed is really just a desire, the true desire at the core of my heart to contribute something to the planet that makes my life matter. It makes 
It makes the time that I've spent here on earth responsible. It It's a life of servants. I'm a, I'm a servant leader. It's a life of, of what does it feel like? Like it just feels so good to give. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. it as if I'm an angel and I'm always giving, but it feels so good to give. Like I truly, at the end of the day, as tuckered, tired as I am, I feel fulfilled. And every mm-hmm. night, selfishly, every night I want to lay down and I want to hear from the universe, from God, whatever you call your higher power, job well done, my child. I want every day to matter in my life and that I can bring joy to someone. And so it's the, the, the seed for me is the doing it. If that feels really great, the water that helps the seed to grow is seeing the evidence, seeing the evidence of my intentions, my hard work, my studies, my contribution. So evidence always feels good, and it's not, I don't do it for the accolades. The accolades are a byproduct that I'm grateful for. And so so you are, you know, early or mid-career doing this, very successful, and you must have reached a moment where you decided that you were actually beginning to build a business versus <laughs> earning a living. Was there a moment that that happened? Um, I, I laugh. I laugh because it. it some I've heard. I've heard people say, "My God, you're a success." Seems like you're a success overnight. And I say, if I was, it was the longest night in my life. <laughs> so, you know, for a long time, it was my side hustle. I had a day job, and I would literally finish my day job at 6 p.m. I'd clock out. I'd go get my son from daycare. He was about two or three years old. I'd bring him back to my offices where they allowed me to moonlight. They knew I, had, I was building a career as a speaker, and they said, you can use the offices in the evening. And so I would bring my son back. I'd pick him up at 6.15. I'd get him something to eat. I'm embarrassed to say it was normally nothing way too healthy because it needed to be fast. And I'd be back at my offices by 6.45. I would literally write my time in. I would treat my own career, my entrepreneurial job, like it was I was an employee for someone. And I'd write in my start time. My start time would either be 6.55, 7 o'clock. I never started past 7.10. And I would work. So for a long time, it was my side hustle. And then it became my main hustle meaning I didn't make enough to call it a business, but I did make enough to quit my day job, which I, I, I nicknamed my investor because my investor was able to afford me the ability to invest in my dream. And so my investor, uh, I was able to release my investor, and now it was my main source of income. And I remember I worked that way for years. And then uh, I hired my first employee 10 years ago. I've been in business since 1997. I hired my first uh, employee in 2007. And, um, and I remember when uh, I began to manage the systems. So it didn't happen, 
because I noticed the money coming in, I knew I was running a business when I began to focus on the system and the infrastructure of my company more than I focused on the technical delivery of speaking and talking and making a new story and doing a new exercise. I began to sit in the CEO chair, and I worked on four areas of my business, the operations, the marketing, the sales, and the financial history and the financial trajectory of my company. That's when it began to feel like a business. You sound very much like a businesswoman. <laughs> yeah, I, I think well you know most it. people don't even look at their business that way. You're absolutely right. And, and I got to tell you, um, a good friend of mine who I will remain nameless has been in the speaking industry for many, many years longer than I. I looked up to them. Uh, they were one of the main reasons why I got in the industry. Uh, this person said that they've generated over $68 million in business as a speaker. And we were doing a mastermind together. And I presented those four pillars that I just mentioned to you, um, sales, operations, marketing, and finance. And we were in a mastermind together that we, the both of us were to lead. And I kept tossing it to this person out of respect because they've been in the industry 20 years longer than me. And they kept tossing it back to me. And I kept tossing it back, and they kept tossing it back. And finally, I had to finally say in front of our students, I, I really want to show respect to you, that I want to allow you to lead, and I'll follow. And they responded, with all due respect to you, Lisa, I've been a speaker for the last 38 years. You obviously are a businesswoman. And I'd like to take notes when you speak. Ooh. That's and, quite and, a compliment. Yeah, 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 it was a powerful statement. It threw me off for a moment. I was speechless. And not in the way where I was so, um, I, I was so uh, complimented that I was a lost word. I was shocked because I knew this person had generated millions and millions, $68 million. And they said, you literally can step away from your business. I can't step away from my business. I have a very glorified, well-paying job. Uh, that's so a very it's an interesting yeah. distinction. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And so, when you when you teach people, you, you have different areas where you focus. Um, you know, you focus with entrepreneurs. You focus with individuals who want to elevate their quality of life. Um, you help people to see their own story differently. Um, you know, do you, if you were to say where there is the most impact, would you be able to discern that? The most impact of the service I offer? Yeah. Wow. Um, I would have told you four years ago, I would have told you, working with entrepreneurs, teaching them how to turn their passion into profit. We have uh, several business programs that have literally helped people come up with the idea, outline the idea, put infrastructure under, under the idea, and earn over six figures with that idea. So I've seen people go from birth to, like, literally living the idea they have, the dream, um, very lucratively and very impactfully. I would have told you four years ago that that was, the, that was the area. But then when I wrote Abundance Now, and it came out a year ago, it shifted my conversation to helping people create an abundant life. 
And I redefined abundance as abundance is not about finances and money and possessions. That's wealth. Abundance is a holistic experience that incorporates your relationship, your health, your spirituality, and your finances. Well, when I launched that a year ago, I went on a big campaign about how you are your own rescue and how to create create an abundant life. You have to focus. And all of a sudden, Cheryl, all these people came out of the crevices from all over the world, Slovenia, Croatia, South Africa, you know, Kazakhstan, I mean, everywhere. And it showed me that the personal development will always need to precede any professional or entrepreneurial development, that your life is only as strong as your character, as your resiliency, as your perseverance, as your forgiveness, as your acceptance. So those two are battling neck and neck. And I got to tell you, personal development is first key, key, because you can't, you can't, you can't hold and be a container for a 64-ounce dream, a 64-ounce dream, if you have 32 ounces of belief. Mm. Mm. That's a beautiful visual. So, so tell us about, you, you talked about the four areas of life um, in your book, Abundance Now. You talked about the four areas of life that we must focus on in order to bring through abundance. Tell us a bit about that. Yes. So when you look at your life, your life is your life is made up. It's not, you know, I tell people all the time, don't look at your life as one great big um uh one ball. One ball. Your life has categories. And the more you are willing to break it down and the more you're willing to look at it in those sections, the more effective that you're willing to be. So one of the things one of the things that you need to do is to realize that there's relationships and how do you create relationship enchantment? So the thing you're going to talk most about in your life is relationships. You're going to talk about the relationship with your significant other. You're going to talk about the relationship with your, with your children. You're going to talk, like relationships consume so much energy. So relationship enchantment becomes key and critical. What does that look like? How do you do that? Um, the enrichment of your whole self. Like, how do you feed your mind? How do you feed your soul? How do you transform your mind so that your lifestyle can follow your mindset? Wherever your mindset is, that's where your bank account is going to be. That's the quality of your relationships. That's where it's going to be. That's where the quality of your health is going to live. So if you want to change anything in your life, First, invest in your mindset. So the first area is your enrichment of whole self. And then your second area is the enchantment of your life relationships. How do you take struggling relationships and transform them? Instead of having confrontation, how do you have care confrontation? How do you set healthy, wonderful, beautiful um, boundaries? How do you assemble a breakthrough team, both your home team and your professional team? How do, you, uh, how do you begin to attract people who make you want to stand on your tippy toes, meaning game changers? How do you do that? And how do you, when a relationship is complete, friend, business, or romantic, how do you complete a relationship 
leaving their dignity and your dignity intact. And then the third E is the engagement of, of financial engagement. How do you create a life that fiscally provides you with the opportunity? I always say money has one, one job in your life, one job. Money, the, the, the role of money is to afford you the best memories possible. That's it. It's never about the money. It's about the memories that the money allows you to have. Are you going to have memories of struggle and chaos? Are you going to have memories of grace and ease and philanthropy? So money is simply a tool. Money is a team member. Money is not the end-all and be-all. Money is an instrument. It's not even the sound. It's the instrument that plays the sound that gives you the quality of life. And so how do you do that? How do you turn your, your job into your investor? How do you move away from the drain game? How do you create abundant opportunities? And then the fourth and final area is really activating uh, and looking at what does, what does abundance look like um, in terms of an, an endowment, and not just a McDonald's endowment or a Lawrence Welk, in, Welk, Welk endowment or the Disneyland endowment, but the your endowment, the my endowment, that everyone's life is a legacy. And, and you're not writing your life story. You're writing your legacy story. And your life might be finite, but your legacy is infinite. So how do you, how do you create an endowment by the way you live? And those are the four areas. And so endowment doesn't always have to be financial. Is that what you're saying? Not at all. Your endowment comes primarily through your contribution long before you do a financial contribution. An endowment mm-hmm. is how you contribute back to the planet. And your endowment is how you gave, give value to the lives of others. So there's all types of exchange for endowment. There's time exchange. There's intellect exchange. There's spiritual exchange. And then there's financial exchange. Finance is just one area where you can contribute to an endowment, but only one. Hmm. That's beautiful. I love these four E's. You made it easy to remember. Easy four E's. And it's something, again, you've captured this in such a way, Lisa, that most individuals have never considered looking at their life through this lens. And you make it so easy to understand and approach. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's easy to do, which we're going to talk about in the next segment, but this is just about revolutionary in the way you presented this. Thank you. I appreciate that. We'll we'll be right back with Lisa Nichols. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. We're speaking today with Lisa Nichols, the author of Abundance Now, Amplify Your Life and Achieve Prosperity Today and the CEO of Motivating the Masses. So, Lisa, we've been talking about the um, platform and the four areas of life that you have created that help individuals to take a whole picture and take a whole look at their life. And those four are enrichment, enchantment, engagement, and endowment, which you've packaged really easily to approach. I'm wondering how easy it is to do. Well, you know, I think when you when you take on something like this, number one, it's important to transform your life in bite-sized, palatable, digestible pieces. <laughs> I think it's important to take inventory of mm. what you like what what do you like and love and admire about your life today. Because it's critical that as you transform and as you step into the next level of your greatness, the next level of your joy, that you make sure that you hold on to the things that you value and that you want to keep intact. Mm. And then I'm a big person. I'm a big implementer. And when students step on our campus, um, they, they often cite three reasons why they achieve massive success. Number one, the content is, has a proven track record to work. Number two, mm. our tribe really rallies around you so that you're not doing it alone. And number three, there's a high level of accountability. And so you want to make sure you have those three things. One, you have the education and the information you need to take action in your life. And number two, you surround yourself with people who are running as fast as you are are faster in a similar direction. And by the way, that might not be the people that you were born with. It might not be your biological family. It may be your visionary adopted family. I have a visionary adopted family. And then the last thing is you want to make sure that they're holding you accountable, that you set a dream, a goal, an intention, along with an action step of plans. You put buy-win dates on it. You, if you can't circle the date on the calendar that you're going to hit that goal by, then the goal isn't real. There's no such thing as someday or one day. You can't circle either of those things on the calendar. <laughs> and so those are the three things that you want to do. Those are the three things that you want to make happen because 
when you do that, all of a sudden, what you're working on becomes possible. It becomes real. And so people get in the habit of wanting to Google download success. You can't Google download success. You can't Google download, you know, that's like you're trying to Google download perseverance and, and, and determination. You just have to go through the experience. And so you want to find, and here's what I do. I set three action steps in one of the four areas of my, uh, that I just mentioned to you. I set at least three goals followed by several action steps every quarter. And every quarter, I stop and I assess, am I closer? Did I get there? How far? And I'm not, I don't hit it every quarter. Sometimes I think it should take 90 days, and it takes five months. But I measure every 90 days, where am I in this area of my life? And I look at three areas at a time. Hmm. So every 90 days, you pretty much do a review and I then forward plan. I do every 90 days because it's too long when you look at a year. A whole year went by. I don't set annual goals. I set quarterly goals. Now, the quarterly goals feed into my annual goal, but my annual goal feeds into my three-year goal. My three-year goal feeds into my five-year goals, but I only manage them one quarter at a time because it's digestible, palatable, bite-sized. I can see it. I can tweak it. I can change it. Hmm. You know, there is a quote, and I'm not sure exactly who it was. I'm thinking that it was a Greek soldier or a Greek philosopher, I don't know, 600 B.C. or something like that, that, and it goes like this. We do not rise to the level of our hopes. We fall to the level of our training. Mm. And the first time I read that, I thought, hmm, okay, and that was many years ago. And the further along in my life I moved and the further along in my career I moved, I truly began to understand that. And as I'm listening to you today, that quote came flooding back. And this is really what you're saying, You know, we do not rise to the level of our hopes. We fall to the level of our training. And, right? So unless we have the willingness to continue to learn and to learn from masters, from people who are better than us, right, then we're only going to get so far. Absolutely. I say if you can... Constantly live in duality. Constantly, if you can live in a constant state of duality, meaning can you own what you're brilliant at? Don't shrink to it. Don't minimize it, but own what you're brilliant at. And in the same 60 seconds, can you own what you're absolutely clueless on? <laughs> because I like that. When you, can, when, you can, when you can live in that kind of duality, you can own the, the reason why you're here to teach, and you can be open to always be coachable. When my students step onto our virtual campus, I say, if you're willing to know what you know and don't question what you know, while at the same time hooking your caboose onto my train, putting your seatbelt on, taking your B12, 
then we can go somewhere together. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So, so let's switch gears a minute because, you know, you took your company public. And I did. You did, and that is, you are to be so highly commended for that. There aren't many organizations in the personal transformation field um, or the personal development field who have done that. And if I am reading right, then you are one of only two African-American female founders to take your company public. You are reading that correctly. Wow. (laughs) That's quite an achievement. That's quite an achievement. So, and you know, you know what's funny is that, you know what's funny is that when I was taking the company public, I didn't know any of those stats because I didn't do uh, it to, to do it. I, I, I wasn't, I don't live in, in the comparison or the where am I rating on the scale. Like I, I yeah. did, I was so focused on what I wanted to do in the world. I did it for two reasons, 50, 50-50. So 50% of the reason was our company is growing so fast. We've grown double digits every year for the last 14 years, that we, we wanted to create a, an infrastructure for financial infusion to manage our growth. The second 50% is that I wanted to do it because I, got a, I, I didn't get a great higher than a C in high school and in, in, in middle school, all through school. I got a fail in English the last time I took English. My speech teacher told me, quote-unquote, Miss Nichols, you should never speak in public. You should get a desk job. There was no evidence that I was going to be this woman. I was fired from five jobs in my 20s. So I took the company public. 50% of the reason was to show if I can do it, you can do anything. (laughs) Well, that's nice motivation for you um, to really, you know, let it be the um, learning yourself and then using yourself as that learning as teacher, right, to others. Yes. And so, but there must have been a moment where, you know, again, and it feels to me like you're in one of these moments where there is a different level of decision in yourself. And you talk about how you really came to terms with something that was holding you back um, as you were getting ready to launch your book, and, um, and I don't remember within finishing up the book or after the book was written and you were ready to launch, but there was something that you decided you needed to come to terms with, and that was a moment and a shift for you. What was that? Well, sure, there were many things. <laughs> um, of course. I, pardon me? Of course, you know. Right, right. I'm, I mean, literally, I'm always working on myself. Some, some days, some things are bigger than others. Mm. Um, one of the things, you know, that I came to term, terms with was my weight. And, um, and really giving myself permission to release the weight. Mm. And, you know, I've been over 215 pounds. For 19 years, I had never been under 200 pounds for 19 years, and um, I had to recognize and come to terms with the fact that I had, I needed support, I needed help, and my pride and my ego wouldn't allow me to really ask for help, ask for medical help, 
ask for psychological mm-hmm. help, ask for, like, I was so prideful, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and ego is beautiful because ego can have you stand in front of a room or, or be bold or do karaoke yes. or launch a business, but ego out of control prevents you from your blessing. Yes. So, yes. you know, I had to come to terms with that. And other things too, but that was one of the things. Yeah. Well, and so was there was there, was there something in particular you wanted to discuss? Because I'm happy. That, you know, I, I was curious because the last time I saw you, which was just a couple months ago, um, you were so much more svelte and and fit than I had seen you, and and I wasn't experiencing you in a different way, um, and. Because you, Lisa, are always true. You always come across as, thank you. This is who I am, right? And so I wasn't experiencing you, the Lisa person, in a different way. I was just noticing that this container called the body was very different. And, um, And so I know that when transformation like that happens, there has been something that we have definitely addressed. And, you know, that, um, that, that sense of truly standing in your ground. Now, I'll have to say that I was experiencing at a deeper level. I've always experienced yeah. standing in your ground, but that was exper- I was experiencing in you at a deeper level when I saw you in January. Yeah. So yes. uh, I, I just you are to be commended for this, uh, for all of this. Thank you. And for being, you know, a corporate CEO who um, loves to give and who transforms lives and who continues to raise the bar for yourself. And, um, you know, sometimes I imagine it's a little scary and you do it anyway. And you are an inspiration to us all. You know, we only have a couple minutes left, Lisa, and, and I'm going to ask you to, you know, what was what would you like to leave our listeners with? Well, I'd love to bless I'd love to bless you with just things I constantly use as my checklist. Am I am I am I being the woman that I remembered? Ask talked about your legacy earlier. And so um, I, I created a checklist. Look, it's not, it's not the total, it's just the beginning. So uh-huh. I'd love to leave a couple of things. Number one, I love to say, for yesterday does not in any way equal your tomorrow. And that mm. if there's anything I've mastered, it's how to press reset. And it's how to give myself a thousand second chances and every time I get to 9.99, I press reset. And I understand it get you here, understanding the times when you made poor decisions. Keeping track is charting your path forward while pulling your lessons learned with you. Keeping score is collecting evidence on why you're right that it won't work. <laughs> so, I wanna, so I encourage you not to keep score but keep track because it's okay to fail. It's okay to fail. The best of us fail constantly. What we always do, though, is we fail forward. Mm. That's beautiful. 
So, Lisa, please tell us how everybody can reach you and learn more about you. Absolutely. So, I want to give you a checklist that I do. Uh, I teach my I teach my students this checklist quite often. It's a small piece of a very big pie. And if you go to AbundanceNow.com, again, AbundanceNow.com forward slash TLC, because I want to give you a little TLC, Tender Loving Care, <laughs> you'll, get a, you'll get a checklist. And it's just some things to remember. It's great. I'm constantly reminding myself of this checklist so that I can continue to be the best version of myself. Listen. I'll say this, you don't ever have to become perfect. Just learn how to be perfectly at peace with your imperfection. And with that, we're going to say thank you so much, Ms. Lisa Nichols. You are a gift to all of us. And it's a privilege mm. to have you here today. It's a privilege having you here today, Lisa. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. And remember, everyone, to think big because the world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week.